Hello and welcome to COS Live. You can watch the original video broadcast live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's COS Live. Well, hello, Convention of State supporters, and welcome back to another episode of COS Live. My name is Andrew Woodruff. I'll be your host for this episode. And as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Rita Peters, who is also the Senior Vice President of Legislative Affairs. Rita, how are you today? I'm doing great. Happy to be with you for today's program. I'm happy to be with you and, of course, happy to be with the audience. We are streaming right now on Facebook, on Twitter, and Rumble. So drop a comment. Let us know where you're tuning in from. We'd love to hear from you. And while you're at it, go ahead and send out a share, a retweet, or a rumble. We have to get out this message about the secret weapon that the founders gifted we the people. Of course, I'm talking about a convention of states where we can put the federal government back in their constitutional box. We have a great show lined up for you today. We're going to be tackling the top 10 frequently asked questions. Our own Rita Peters is going to be sharing the answers to those top 10 questions. We have, of course, a COS field reports from Dale in Indiana. And we have, as always, our COS Article 5 trivia giveaway with uh, Vice President Mike Ruthenberg. Mike, over to you. All right, here we are again for another edition of COS Live. You know, consistency is really the key to mastery. And so many of you people are showing up each week on Tuesday to view this Convention States Live. Some of you save it for later and watch it at a time is convenient. But either way, that consistency is making for some very wise people, especially when it comes to saving our nation. And now, of course, is such a key time, which is why so many of you are showing up and I'm super glad to be here, to be a part of a show of excellence. You have Rita Peters and, of course, Andrew Wood, Wood, Adri, and, oh, excuse me, Andrew Woodman, who is also just an incredible contributor to the Convention of States project. And my job is just to give you a quick little trivia question to see how sharp you are or if you don't or couldn't know this, well, maybe you just need to find out something new because it's important for us to learn something new every day. And maybe today that will be it. This is a pretty simple question, I think, if you're a big fan of Convention of States. And here's our giveaway question for the day. And by the way, I'm going to give away a Think Outside the Swamp t-shirt. And that is a great shirt. It's available at shopconventionofstates.com shopconventionstates.com, or there's another, you can look straight down at the address, which will also get you to our Convention States website in order to be able to purchase some items from our store, which has so many great things that you are going to want to wear to start conversations and help people get involved with the Convention States project. So today, our question is, what are the three planks in the Convention of States Action Article 5 application. What are the three different planks that are in there? I'll be back towards the end of the show and give you that answer. Hopefully your fingers are blazing right now on that keyboard with the answer, and I hope that you win that shirt. We'll be back shortly. Thanks, Mike. Before we get going into the rest of the program today, we are going to do a new edition of COS Field Reports. Dale is going to share with us some scenes from Indiana. Dale, over to you. Oh, 
Hi everyone, uh, my name is Dale Parrish. I'm the State Director for Convention of States here in Indiana. And I wanted to come down here. We're in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And we're at the Southside Farmers Market here in Fort Wayne. And I wanted to come down and check in on uh, two individuals that have set up an information table here at the market for us. Uh, this is Diane Jones. Uh, Diane is the district captain for district, district 81. I was going to say the wrong district there for a bit, but she corrected me, District 81. And this is Susan, Susan Carroll. So, uh, I'm 80. And you're in District 80? Yeah, this area. Okay. So, uh, I just wanted to come by and thank them for what they're doing here today. Uh, this is my first time at the market. So, uh, this is something that we do frequently. Uh, information tables, getting the message out on Convention of States, and signing up supporters for Convention of States. So, I want to say thank you to both of these individuals, and uh, keep up the good work. So, thank you very much. All right, we are going to talk about our frequently asked questions, our own Rita Peters, who is a constitutional attorney and also the senior vice president of legislative affairs, is going to answer your most burning questions that we receive at Convention of States. We also have some videos queued up that uh, we think will help educate you on the uh, on these answers that we get from the uh, grassroots. Um, YouTube and, uh, of course, Rumble, they're great places to share videos and to learn more about Convention of States. Rita, the first question that we have is, what is an Article 5 Convention of States, and is Article 5 the same thing as a Convention of States? Oh, good question. And yes, we do hear this one a lot. A Convention of States is a convention or a meeting. A, a good way to think of it is a meeting of the state legislatures for the purpose of proposing amendments to the Constitution, proposing amendments to the Constitution. And the state legislatures are given the power to do this under Article 5 of the Constitution. So the authority for a convention of the states is derived solely and directly from Article 5 of the Constitution. Now, we explain the Convention of States process a little further in a video we have that I think would be helpful to show. The United States Constitution was written to form a more perfect union that would enable checks and balances to prevent a bloody revolution from being a necessary measure to abolish tyranny. Excellent though it was, Colonel George Mason feared the national government might one day end in a tyrannical aristocracy. The rights of the people needed to be secured against potential corruption at the national level. One of the solutions the framers decided upon can be found in Article 5, which gives state legislators the authority to call a convention that bypasses federal legislators to amend the Constitution. That gives we the people the opportunity to make some long overdue structural adjustments. Maybe term limits would be a good place to start. Here's how the process works. Citizens request their state legislators to pass a bill called an application with operative language identical in each state. These legislators of the states then pass the application. Generally only a simple majority is needed. Congress shall, by law, 
call a convention of the states as soon as it receives applications from two-thirds of the state legislatures. That's 34 states. Delegates chosen by the state legislatures attend the convention. Each state only gets one vote at the convention, but they can send as many delegates to represent the state as they so choose. Amendments are proposed, debated, and voted upon at the convention. Finally, ratification takes place in the states. Each amendment must be ratified by three-fourths of the states in order to become part of the U.S. Constitution. The convention of the states is a safe route to stopping federal overreach. Civilizations rise and fall. Let's be a civilization that saw the cycle of collapse coming and broke it. All right, Rita, what is, what about our organization, Convention of States Action? Why do we want to call a convention? Well, we all know that Washington, D.C. is broken. The federal government is spending this country into the ground, seizing power from the states and taking liberty from the people. The unfortunate truth is that D.C. cannot and will not fix itself. So it's time for the American people to take a stand and make a legitimate effort to curb the power and jurisdiction of the federal government. The founders gave us the tool to fix Washington, D.C. in the Constitution itself. They intended for us to use that tool at such a time as this, and we must use it before it's too late. So that's why our project launched back in 2013, and we're now the most powerful grassroots organization in the country. We were the first Article 5 effort to have active resolutions in 37 states in a single session. We have now filed our resolution in 49 states. And our resolution calls for an Article 5 convention on three topics fiscal restraints, term limits, and limits on the power and jurisdiction of the federal government. We have supporters and petitions in every single legislative district in the nation, meaning all the state legislators are hearing from their constituents on this topic. And I want viewers to watch another short video to learn more about the motivation for this movement. The Convention of States Action Resolution applies for an Article 5 convention that would propose constitutional reforms limited to three topics. First, fiscal restraints on the federal government. With over $140 trillion in unfunded liabilities, we need a balanced budget. The second topic is limiting the power and jurisdiction of the federal government. The COS Action Resolution empowers us to restore the Constitution to its original intent and return power to the states and the people. Finally, term limits. Thanks to a corrupt ruling class in Washington, trust in the federal government is at an all-time low. That's why our resolution gives Convention of States Commissioners the power to send the career politicians packings. So what can you do? First of all, sign the petition at cosaction.com and get as many of your friends and family to do the same. Our success depends on you. So we're inviting you to be part of history. Let's invoke the constitutional solution that's as big as the problem. All right, Reed, this next one is a big one that we get often. Can Congress block a convention of states from happening? Well, I'll give you a short and easy answer. No. 
once 34 states apply for a convention to propose amendments on the same issue, i.e. term limits, restraints, and limiting the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, Article 5 requires Congress to call the convention. And calling the convention just means needing the time and place for the initial meeting of the convention. We know that from history. If Congress fails or refuses to exercise this ministerial duty, is what it's known as in the law, either the courts or the states themselves can override that inaction. In fact, if you look at James Madison's notes from the 1787 convention, the stated purpose of the convention process in Article 5 is to provide a way for the people to bypass an oppressive federal government. So, of course, that would have been totally ineffective if Congress could just block the whole thing from happening. We know that cannot happen. Congress doesn't have a choice in the matter. Once 34 states apply for a convention on the same topic, Congress must act and can be forced to do so. All right, well, what about the part in Article 5 that says Congress calls the convention? Does that mean they get to control the convention? And does that mean they get to choose delegates? No. I, it's important to know that this term used in Article 5, call, is a legal term of art, as we say. And the founders made this very clear. Once 34 states apply, Congress has no discretion whether to call a convention and also no control over the delegates. As I said before, the term call, as used in Article 5, only means that Congress announces the initial time and place for the convention. George Mason proposed to add the Convention of States provision to Article 5 because he thought Congress had too much power, too much control over the amendment process. The framers unanimously agreed with him when he pointed it out. It makes no sense to interpret Article 5 to give more power to Congress when the whole point was to take power away from Congress and provide a check on federal power. The claim that Congress would get to choose the delegates to the convention also just goes against common sense. Just because one party calls a convention doesn't mean it gets to choose the delegates for other parties. So think about it. Virginia was actually the one who called the Philadelphia Convention in 1787. Did it get to choose the delegates for Massachusetts? Of course not. Massachusetts did. Every state chooses its own delegates and gives them instructions. It doesn't matter who calls the convention. This is agency law 101. The delegates act as agents of the states that they represent at convention. And it's also basic common sense. Mm. All right. So if Congress doesn't choose the delegates, it's up to the states. How do the states choose their commissioners? Well, the states are free to develop their own selection process for choosing their delegates. And actually, in convention terminology, they're usually referred to as commissioners. Historically, the most common method used by the states was an election by a joint session of both houses 
of the state legislature. So the state legislature really is in the driver's seat of the whole process, including the choice of commissioners to represent it. Mm. And so what happens at a convention of states? Well, once they get to convention, the delegates or commissioners discuss and propose amendment proposals that fit that topic that's framed by the 34 state resolutions that triggered the convention in the first place. All amendment proposals, the convention passes by a simple majority of the states, then get sent back to the states for ratification. Remember, the only thing the convention has the power to do is to propose amendments that get sent back to the states. At the convention, every state has one vote. That's always how it has worked in history. So if North Carolina sends seven delegates and Nebraska sends nine, that's fine. They get to decide. But each state must caucus on each vote. They have to get their delegation together and agree because every state will only get one vote on the proposals. Mm -hmm. So North Carolina, in this example, sent seven delegates, their vote would be cast when at least four of the delegates agreed. Nebraska's vote would be cast by the agreement of at least five of its delegates. But every state gets one vote. That's very important to the process. All right, Rita, here is another one that we get. How do we know how a convention of states will work? Yeah, this is an important question because a lot of people act like because we've never had a convention of states pursuant to Article 5 of the Constitution. And because Article 5 doesn't spell out in detail all of the procedure and process and how all of that works, some people claim we have no idea how it would actually work. But that's not really true. Interstate conventions were really common during the founding era. And the procedures and rules for them were always pretty much the same. The big, the big important pieces were always the same. So we can know how a convention of states would operate, operate by studying the historical record. And keep in mind that that's why the founders were aware of this procedure and included it in Article 5, because they all had experience with it. They knew how the process works, so they didn't need to spell out all the minute details. Dr. Rob Nadelson has done extensive research on this topic, and you can look for that at conventionofstates.com, or you can buy his treatise on Amazon. It's called The Law of Article 5, and it is an excellent resource. I highly recommend it. Here's another one that we get all the time. I hope you can knock this one right out of the park, as you've always been doing <laughs> uh, with all these questions. So if the federal government ignores the current Constitution, why would they adhere to an amended Constitution? Hmm. I'm so glad you asked this, because this is actually the question that bothers me the most. You know, we we do tend to say the federal government ignores the constitution, but that's not exactly what it does, right? It's more nuanced than that. I would say the federal government lawyers around the constitution. They twist the words and phrases and interpret them in new and creative ways that are often um, totally against what 
history would tell us is a proper interpretation. But think about it. The truth is that constitutional amendments are generally followed to the letter. No one denies that women can vote thanks to the 19th Amendment or that presidential term limits actually work and are effective, right? Those don't get ignored. You could argue, I guess, that the first 10 amendments have seen some erosion. But can you imagine if we didn't have the First Amendment or Second Amendment at all? No one can say that they haven't made a difference or that they're just plain ignored. So experience proves that Article 5, the amendment process, works. Just look at the 11th Amendment. That was actually added to the Constitution in response to a Supreme Court decision that gave the wrong type of jurisdiction to the courts. And, you know, Congress looked at that and said, this Supreme Court decision isn't right. We need to correct it. We need to make it clear. So they added the 11th Amendment. So there's historical precedent there for using the amendment process to overturn bad Supreme Court decisions and to limit federal power. Mm. All right. What kind of amendments would be proposed at this convention of states? Our three subject resolution sets the agenda for the convention. Anything that limits the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, imposes fiscal restraints on the federal government, and sets term limits on Congress and federal officials. These are reforms that a supermajority of Americans agree on, but Congress is never going to do, right? It's never going to limit its own power. So that's why we really need to exercise the constitutional process gifted to us by the founders and use the power of the states to impose these needed limits on the federal government. Term limits on Congress is a really popular idea, perhaps a six to 12 year limit. Another idea would be a rotation and office solution that at least forces career politicians to come home for a while before they can run again. Under the fiscal restraint topic, we can put hard caps on federal spending and taxation. One idea is that the debt cannot be increased without a two thirds agreement from the states. Another idea that was adopted at our simulated convention of states would be a repeal of the 16th Amendment or the imposition of, you know, something that eliminates our bloated tax code where big corporations carve out special deals for themselves with the help of lobbyists. But I think the heart of our resolution is really the jurisdiction limits so that the people are once again in charge in America. For example, we could limit all bills to a single subject so there can't be these bloated omnibus bills where congressmen are forced by party leadership to make these impossible choices. We could eliminate the Department of Education you know, the Constitution doesn't give the federal government power to have a Department of Education. And let's give the people the more direct impact on how the schools educate their children, right? 
Another idea would be to put a sunset clause on all federal regulations, effectively forcing Congress to actually legislate and stop passing the buck to the bureaucracy. And one of my favorite ideas is a restoration of the Commerce Clause to its original meaning, which is very restrictive. You know, the Commerce Clause was intended only to give Congress authority to regulate interstate commerce. That means trade between and among the states. It has way less authority under the Commerce Clause than it is currently interpreted to have. So we could do a lot of real good. We could go a long way to restoring the original limitations on federal power and making sure that they're observed according to the original meaning of the words. All right, Rita, we have our last question. Many of our viewers want to know about their state and where their state stands, whether they're in a past state or if their state has active legislation. How can they find out this information? Well, so far, Andrew, 15 states have passed the resolution. So we're looking for 19 more to stand up and use their power to check the power of the federal government. Dozens of states are in process as we speak. And to find out, you can go to conventionofstates.com forward slash progress to keep tabs on where your state is. That's conventionofstates.com forward slash progress. All right. Well, there, those are our top 10 frequently asked questions. Thank you, Rita, for uh, taking on each one of those and just giving such amazing answers. We are going to transition now to our Article 5 answer with uh, Vice President Mike Ruthenberg. Mike? Well, thanks for having me back. I'm glad you guys invited me back to give the answer to our trivia question. What a great show to go over the most important frequently asked questions about Convention of States. You know, one of the things that draws people into a show are to hear the top 10, but these are top 10. And what a great job these guys have done at giving us the information we need to make things happen. So there's a very good chance that so many of you knew the answer to our trivia question today, which is what are the three planks in the Convention of States action at Article 5 application? And the answer is term limits, fiscal restraints, and limits of federal power. All those things are so popular among not just conservative people, but Americans. When we see the size of the federal government swelling and we see the debt ballooning, we certainly want to be able to impose limits on the federal government, not only size, not only budget, but in the amount of time they spend there because it wasn't designed for our elected officials to be in a career. One of the cool things about our Article 5 application is it also opens the door for term limits on bureaucrats, non-elected people, as well as federal judges. So those are all germane given our application. And hopefully you are bringing up those conversations, having these discussions with people, helping them to understand that there is what I would consider to be the only way to be able to fix our federal government by imposing those things. If you think about it, almost every problem that's coming out of Washington, D.C. right now can be fixed using our three pillars of the application. Thanks for being here. 
Back to you, Andrew. Thanks, Mike. Well, we do this show every week to reach, teach, and activate Americans with the constitutional empowerment that the Founding Fathers gave to us, we the people. It's amazing that the framers knew that we would be in this situation. They foresaw runaway debt. They foresaw issues like career politicians. They, they foresaw the federal government going beyond its constitutional authority. And so that's why they gifted us with Article 5 that allows us to circumvent Congress when they fail to act and to propose amendments. Um, millions of Americans, they have signed the COS petition and they want their state legislatures to vote yes for COS. They want term limits. They want Congress to spend within their means and they want the jurisdiction of the federal government to be back in that constitutional box. If you're ready to take the next step, if you wanna join the thousands of volunteers who are already on the front, front lines fighting for liberty, fighting to restore the Republic, you can join our team. Go to conventionofstates.com and look through all of the different volunteer positions that we have. We are gonna give you all of the training you need. We're gonna use your skills that you already possess and we are gonna put you on the front lines fighting for liberty. We wanna turn you from just a, a, a mere voter into a citizen activist. We wanna turn you into an activist for liberty. So if all of this sounds appealing, make sure you go to www.conventionofstates.com, click on that take action page and join this fight for liberty. And also I wanna remind you to stay in the loop by following us on Rumble, MeWe, Facebook, Twitter, Parlor, Instagram, and TikTok. Listen to this program and other historic legacy content on our new podcast, Go to conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more and leave us a five-star review if you would, because that does help the show to grow. Text the word start to 54555 to receive important calls to action from Convention of States. And check out the battle cry with COS President Mark Meckler Sunday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. We'll see you back here next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time for another edition of COS Live. If you're looking for the person who's going to restore the Republic, don't wonder what someone else is going to do. Ask, what will I do? This has been the podcast version of COS Live. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.